John Jones either has the worst friend in human history <laughs> or he's dumb. That's what I want, but that's never, ever going to happen. Don't trust Dana. DTD. Hashtag DTD. If you want to embarrass yourself, you go right ahead. I don't care. Nurmagomedov makes you hate living. I don't think he was ever in danger in any fight he's been in in the UFC. And outside of that, I don't know shit. I don't have a damn clue. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! What's going on, guys? Joaquin Rivera here. It's Friday, March 22nd, 2019. And we got another edition of the Extra Pound here for you. We got a UFC card coming up tomorrow night. We have a UFC card to discuss from last weekend. So let's get right into it. Last weekend, Darren Till, Jorge Masvidal, UFC London. Look, Darren Till has a lot going for him. There's a, you know, he's got a country behind him. He's the biggest draw still to come out of England right now that's fighting in the UFC. There's a lot of other names that are making their way up, um, but definitely Darren Till's the biggest draw they have right now. They wanted to use him again to headline another event in England while they were there. You know, you, you were hearing rumblings that it looked like Till was going to move up to middleweight. Um, he didn't make weight the last time they were in his home country. That was in his actual hometown in Liverpool. Um, but, you know, his side of the story essentially was that he had to rush to make weight in that morning, um, that there was a family emergency that happened the night before, and there was a lot of, a lot going on. But he still took responsibility for it, but claimed at the same time, you know, there were mitigating circumstances that prevented him from making weight. But people as well agree Darren Till is an enormous welterweight. He's a big man. Um you know, he just looks physically much larger than a guy like Jorge Masvidal, which another, which again was part of this discussion leading into this fight. So not only is, is is Darren Till a big name, and surprisingly enough to a lot of people, again, a lot of the guys that are like Till and that they have a nation behind them, or they kind of come up and they utilize the fact that they're from a certain country to galvanize a lot of the people from that country in support of them. And it's a lot easier for those guys at times to make a quicker rise. Darren Till's been able to do that. You know, you obviously a big fight against Cowboy Cerrone and getting the knockout, I believe that was in Poland. Getting that done, that was his first main event uh, a while back now almost. That really propelled him forward. When you look at what he's accomplished, there's nothing to to you know talk down about him for, but nothing of it is overly impressive other than that victory. The fight even in itself in Liverpool against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, a bit controversial. I've only seen the fight the one time live, but when I watched it live, I felt Wonderboy was going to win that fight no matter what happened in the fifth, unless he got the finish. Darren Till definitely won that fifth round, got the knockdown, but I don't think he won that fight. Now, I, I again, admittingly, only watched it once, and it would be smart to go back and look over it again. Maybe I will now. Maybe something I can do tonight. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I didn't feel he won that fight. I thought he got, you know, the benefit of the doubt from the judges. Again, that fifth round knockdown, um, you know, definitely was maybe the most notable part of the entire fight. Um, but that's the difficulty of fighting Wonderboy Thompson. The problem is Darren Till talks a certain game. So you expect a certain type of fight from him. And it's it's not quite as over the top as Cody Garbrandt, where it seems like he cannot control his emotions at all, and he just goes in there to bang, and he you know he wants to back up his talk of what he's capable of. And both of these guys are capable of a lot of the things that they say. 
The problem is you get so hyped up in being that person and making sure you have the finish necessary uh, and, and appeasing the fans and doing all the things. Look, people love when you do whatever it takes to appease the fans. The problem is in the fight game, it can get you in a lot of trouble. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's been knocked out three straight times now um, for looking like he's not learning a lot from his previous fights, maybe not listening to what his corner is telling him and just trying to go and get the early finish. Or once he gets clipped, he just kind of keeps going. When it comes to Darren Till, the Wonderboy fight was really the one time where he was patient and didn't want to get knocked out by Wonderboy, so he was smart about it. Um, but it looked like at the at, you look at a lot of his other fights and the way he kind of is aggressive, it seems like he's trying to get this thing done as quickly as possible. He's not going to try to sit there and piece up his opponent. He wants to take you out in the first round. And again, there's nothing wrong with that approach. But you have to have a plan once the first round's over and the guy's not knocked out. Uh, and it can't just be to rush forward. And, I, and again, that's not so much what Darren Till does is that he is overly aggressive and rushes forward. But with his style and approach, that's a large part of you know what he wants to get accomplished. And I understand that. And nothing wrong with that. But when you fight someone like Jorge Masvidal or like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you have to change the game plan. Now, I don't think that Darren Till, you know, in his thought process going into this fight, was more or less overlooking Masvidal or his style or anything else. But this should have been someone he put a little more work into. And what's funny is a man named Ben Funky Askren kind of jumped in there. And when I, the reason why I, I, I talked about Cody Garbrandt and brought up him as well, they're both very easily frustrated. So again, Cody Garbrandt will show it in the way you talk to him and during the fight. So again, why he's been knocked out, someone clips him, he sees red, I got to get you back. That's going to get him in trouble, already has, multiple times. Darren Till uh, is very similar, at least when it comes to wars of words. You talk trash to him, he's not going to brush it off and just be like, okay, that guy's a nobody, who cares? That bothers him. He's got to let you know that it bothers him. And he's going to let you know that he's going to kick your ass, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, this is the fight game. You think, I, I understand why there's so much talking and why guys want to hype up fights and do all of that. But uh, you set yourself up for a lot of failure if you don't get it done. There's a lot of guys you can go down the list and ask about trying to be certain people and talk certain games and get yourself into certain things. But at the end of it all, you got to get in there and fight at some point. So I bring up Ben Askren because Ben Askren's been basically trolling every welterweight that's out there from the second he's kind of walked in the door. Uh, as soon as this trade was announced and Ben Askren became a member of the UFC, he went on a tweet storm going after all of the welterweights. And, you know, most of them kind of brushed it aside like, okay, come in here and prove it. We'll see what you can do. Um, but obviously there was definitely multiple names that – uh, it, it immediately popped off in their heads, and they had to jump back and, and talk back to Ben Askren. The one who probably did the most of that was Darren Till. So the reason why Ben Askren went to London primarily was to bother Till, but he wanted the winner of that fight. Now, who actually will end up fighting who? Who knows how this will all work out because there was a lot going on here. But Ben Askren you know, did a lot of talking. Definitely involved Darren Till in that talking. You know, you don't have to go too far to know that Tyron Woodley, who trains with Ben Askren, you know, embarrassed Darren Till in a title fight. 
so there's a lot of ammo there, and and Darren Till, you know, has plenty to say to Ben Askren back, has lots of screaming, calls him a curly-headed fuck, you know, made all these ridiculous thoughts. But when you look at how upset he appears in those tweets, Ben Askren shows up, he's doing like a presser in London, and, you know, the sheet kind of goes back a little bit in the back, and you see Darren Till with two middle fingers. You know, nothing wrong with hyping up what might be your potential next fight, but at the same time, you got a fight to focus on. Jorge Masvidal is a bad motherfucker, and you let you know your focus be on Ben Askren. So it's you know I think there's a lot of guys who will just allow that to brush off of them and may look when it's time to focus on you, I'll focus on you. But I'm here to fight someone else, and I cannot waste my time and energy focusing on you right now. But Darren Till, you know had. <laughs> I mean, he talked about Jorge Masvidal as well. He went there primarily to, to talk about Darren Till, and that's what he did. And it's it should be understood that you know that's probably where that's primarily where the focus was. But when you know he he did bring up Masvidal and he, he made a couple jokes. Masvidal said a few things back, but it was definitely not overwhelming the way it was for Till. So you could tell Till was letting that bother him, or at the very least was like, okay, let me go knock Masvidal out. Masvidal out, and then I'll go take care of Ben Askren. Again, not something you should be thinking about, only focusing on someone like Jorge Masvidal. So when looking at a lot of the breakdown stuff leading into this fight, a lot of people focused on the size difference. That's where we came in to begin with, right? Jorge Masvidal is a guy who moved up from lightweight, whereas Darren Till is a guy everyone says needs to move up to middleweight. So, you know, they both kind of fall into the middle here at welterweight for this fight. Masvidal has looked fantastic in a lot of his fights. He's been around a long time. Take a look at that record. I think he's fought 49 times professionally. You can go back on YouTube and find him in the Kimbo Slice Backyard videos. Obviously, a lot more people were talking about that recently as well. I didn't even know that until recently. I didn't watch a lot of those old Kimbo Slice videos. But to see him in these uh, is, is amazing. It, it's hilarious. But it also shows you what kind of guy this is. You know, No matter where he came from or what he's had to do, this guy loves to fight, and he talks about it. Uh, I even went back and watched a, a couple old documentaries involving him. I think it was uh, something of the grind. I have to go back and check it out. But Colby Covington is on there as well because they trained together at ATT. Very interesting stuff to see also who the real Colby Covington is. And guess what? Just like you all imagined, it's not the guy you've been seeing on TV for the last two years. But point being, Jorge Masvidal is a real game-bred fighter. You talk about the gorilla that is Darren Till in the size that the man is. Jorge Masvidal was made to fight, uh, and, and you watched. I mean, the IQ was there. He set up a lot of what he was doing, was testing a lot of what he was doing against Darren Till early and let it unleash in that second round, and he knocked Darren Till cold out clean. And it's so interesting when you have someone that talks that much get knocked out like this because, you know, you see Connor, he's tapped. Everyone calls him McTapper, what have you. It is so different when you see that person out cold on the canvas and you get memed and the internet takes over and all of this other ridiculousness happens. That's not easy to come back from. It's not easy to be that same persona after the fact. You know, Connor immediately taps. He does not go unconscious. He doesn't want that still frame or that video of him unconscious on the canvas, whether it be from KO, TKO, or from a submission. Uh, so, you know, he'll tap. That's fine. He's like, fine, get me out of here. Fine. But you're not going to have that footage of me out cold. You're just not going to see it. Whereas maybe someone else, you know, you look at a lot of other fighters, champions. It's, it's not a point of pride, but you'd rather go out than tap 
in a lot of situations. So, you know, it's a very different thought, but, you know, it's also the guys that talk that much shit, do all of that uh, high bravado stuff. It's very interesting to see what happens after the fact. Jorge Masvidal knocked this man out cold. Now, Darren Till, I believe, came out today, had some thoughts, and, you know, said he's going to be a different animal, um, did admit to distractions. I haven't gone through and looked at all of the comments. Maybe he brought up Ben Askren being a distraction. Maybe not. I, I would be more surprised, honestly, if he did. I'll go back and check officially, but... The point was he he was distracted. I saw that plain as day before it started, and I picked Jorge Masvidal. We didn't do a show before it. I texted Tony. Uh, you know he can prove that as well. I picked Jorge Masvidal. It just felt like Till was distracted, and Masvidal's a bad motherfucker. So I was not surprised to see the result the way it was. Maybe in the second round, a little earlier than I thought, but. You know, Darren Till's aggressive. Um, again, not as aggressive as someone like Cody, who, you know, you hit him and sees red and keeps coming at you. But he's aggressive, and I don't I don't know if he learns a lot during the fight. I think after the fact he can he can, you know, see a lot of this and and decompress and try to change the game plan next time around. But Jorge, I think, is constantly trying to pick up on things and learn during the fight and try to improve and make adjustments and I think he did that in that second round and that's how we got the finish it was beautiful um, everything he said after the fact was great uh, I like where his head's at and what he wants the interesting thing about all of this is the majority of the discussion now after this fight has not nothing to do with Darren Till. That might be the saving grace for Till, really, when it comes down to this, is that MMA fans are so intriguing when they decide what they want to get on. Uh, you know, whether it be a fighter, no, no one was talking about Jorge Masvidal. Yes, there's going to be the odd fan that says this or that. Not a lot of people talking about Jorge Masvidal coming out and getting this fight done beforehand. Now, after the fact, everyone loves him, and even more so for what happened backstage. So Masvidal, Leon Edwards, also on this card, fights Gunnar Nelson. This would probably be a larger part of the discussion if Tony and I were doing this fight, uh, or, excuse me, doing this discussion right now, given the fact that uh, <laughs> if you're aware, if you've listened to this program before, you know that I like Gunnar Nelson, and Tony likes to troll the fact that I like Gunnar Nelson. Leon Edwards, a phenomenal performance, defeating um, Gunnar in what should have been a unanimous decision. I believe it was a split I don't give it. I, I was watching that fight, and I give nothing to Gunner, despite how much uh, I'm a fan of his. And I was honestly very disappointed in that performance. But look, give credit where credit is due. Leon looked fantastic. So Leon, also from England, there was a little bit of back and forth going on between Edwards and Till. Also, uh, when you look at the presser, given that they're both from uh, they're both from England. So Leon obviously, um, you know, would also like to have the backing that someone like Darren Till has. Obviously, he doesn't talk like Till, doesn't act like Till. But again, there are uh, risks and rewards that come with talking like that. Again, the whole the cold KO um, that that we saw of Darren Till. So interesting to see uh, the press leading up to whatever his next fight will be. Again, I hope it's at middleweight. But point being, Leon Edwards, Gunnar Nelson, also on the card. An interesting discussion going on. But you look at where everyone in those two fights were ranked. You assumed the potential of any of those guys could meet after the fact. So, you know, if Darren Till wins uh, and Leon Edwards wins, maybe they fight each other. And especially because they're both from England and they're trying to get those fans, you know, whatever. Uh, Masvidal wins. So during his interview with ESPN after the fact, uh, you know, he's talking about everything normally. He seems very calm and composed and happy with his performance. And you hear someone yelling at him, but you can't really tell what's going on, but you see immediately that Masvidal is distracted. And you hear him say, you know, come say that to my face. 
and he just kind of walks away from the camera. Now, obviously, or from the interview, essentially, and the camera follows him, and he's got his hands behind his back, and it was interesting to hear Jorge discuss what happened. Um, Now, obviously, he's going to give a side that is going to look somewhat favorable and try to keep him out of trouble. So he says he's got his hands behind his back. He's hearing someone yell at him. You can't tell who it is yet. It's Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards is basically saying, July, July, I want to fight you in July, blah, blah, blah. Jorge, basically, first of all, is upset that he's interrupting his interview. And this is what he said after the fact. Look, this is my interview. Give me the respect to have what I'm you know, doing here. I'm not going to come and yell during your interview. You want to talk trash, we can do that later. Again, a lot of people finally bringing up the fact that Jorge Masvidal is a real, real dude. Like, he is not here, uh, you know, to make fans or to, I mean, obviously they're all here to make money, but that's, he loves to fight. This is a real dude. So if you challenge him the way all these guys like talking shit to each other, you know, behind the scenes, he's going to be one of those guys that says, no, fuck you, this is real. And Jorge Masvidal had no problem doing that when Leon Edwards continued to talk trash. Now, his stance is that Leon put up his hands first. It's difficult to tell from the view because Leon's more out of the uh, of the actual shot of the camera until you see Jorge throw up his fist. So he's got his hands behind his back. They're talking to each other. And then what you see clearly is Masvidal throw a combo that connects on Leon's face. Uh, Now, it was so brilliantly put after the fact that it was the three-piece and a soda, the way Jorge Masvidal put it. Phenomenal, right? I mean, that's basically taken over. And again, this interaction, that interview, talking about the interview after the fact has really taken over this weekend entirely. That's being discussed far more than Darren Till getting knocked out. So, you know, obviously they were immediately separated. And then, you know, um, Brett Okamoto actually got another interview with ESPN with Jorge to talk about everything that was going on. So uh, it was it was really interesting to get his take that same night about what had just happened. Now, again, he, he made a bunch of claims afterwards that he was scared and, you know, where I come from, if someone puts their hands up, I'm not going to get hit first, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the truth is, we don't know. But it doesn't seem like it's going to matter because Dana White was immediately upset about this interaction, but not enough for anyone to be even remotely close to trouble. So, look, he says he blamed his security which I find hilarious. Now, if Jorge Masvidal had lost this fight, I wonder if he's blaming the security. Again, maybe Jorge's not being interviewed after the fact, and it's a different scenario. But as well, he is a guy who just won a fight that he needs to promote again, that just knocked out one of his big cash cows. He has to promote that man again and doesn't want him in trouble. So he's not going to come out here and say, Jorge is going to be you know, reprimanded for this, blah, blah, blah. Look, I don't blame them. I don't blame Leon. I don't blame Jorge. In fact, he's going to want that fight. Obviously, after we saw UFC 223 and all that went down with the bus incident with Connor and Habib and the bus and everything else that was going on there, that was immediately used for a presser for them to fight. You think when these two, obviously, they will be set up to fight going on from here. That just seems like that's naturally next, even though Jorge says he wants and deserves, I believe, um, you know, a title fight soon in the near future. Obviously, a few things have to be shaken out. Colby Covington, his good friend, um, does have or had an interim belt, and everyone believes that he will get the next shot against Kamaru Usman. But right there in the discussion now after a knockout of Darren Till, who was sitting at number three before this is Jorge Masvidal. So, you know, maybe he doesn't want to fight with Leon. 
Maybe he does. We'll see. I mean, he, if you ask him, he might say, I already took care of Leon in the back. And that's really the way MMA fans took it as well. If you look at the internet again, it's so interesting to see where the group of MMA fans will jump on and either be on your side or immediately turn on you and act like they were always against you. Because it's funny, before this, Darren the Gorilla Till and Ben Askren coming up next is really what you kept hearing. You know, Ben Askren going out there, Darren Till, them talking a bunch of trash. People not discussing Jorge Masvidal. This fight happens, Jorge knocks out Darren Till, gets the three-piece and the soda on, on Leon Edwards, and all of a sudden... The entire MMA world loves Jorge Masvidal. I mean, the fighters all out there saying, look, this dude's for real. It's about time people start recognizing it. And now fans acting like they were his fan the entire time. I'll admit it. When back in, a couple years ago, when Masvidal came to Denver to fight Cowboy Cerrone, I wanted nothing to do with Cowboy losing that fight. I'm a big fan of Cowboy Cerrone. I, uh, obviously, he's from Denver, so he's got an amazing support here. And I did see Cowboy fight the next year, uh, last year against Mike Perry, and to actually witness that crowd, I mean, no matter what was going on that night and who else was on that card, everyone was there and on their feet when Cowboy walked out. Like, that was something I was excited for when he got to fight Masvidal here a couple years ago. Masvidal ended that party real quick with a knockout. Now, to be fair, I believe it was a TKO, but Donald Cerrone had fought at UFC 206 against Matt Brown like six weeks, I want to say, before that. Really shouldn't have gotten back out there. Point being, you don't go on short notice and fight someone like Jorge Masvidal when you've been through the war you just were. Masvidal let you know it. He's been that dude for a long time, and I'm glad he's getting the props he deserves, but I just feel like it's kind of crazy how the fans jump on it after the fact and act like they were there the whole time. But either way, going forward from here, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards, that appears to be next. We'll see what happens and how it all goes down. Um, you know, Darren Till, I really would like to see him move up to middleweight. There's plenty going on up there. Uh, I just think, you know, it makes more sense. The way it's been discussed, and, and I agree with it entirely, is that, look, you have to put a lot of emphasis on that weight cut. Granted, yes, you know, you know the, the fight camp all the way through beforehand, um, you know, you're focusing on your opponent, but then he's got to focus for weeks on that weight cut. If he cannot have to worry about the weight cut at all and only focus on his opponent, only have to pay his mind and attention, uh, you know, to to defeating his opponent, I think that'll go a long way for Darren Till, especially when we're talking about focus and where his mind has to be. I mean, it's probably really easy to bother someone who's already going through a weight cut. They're irritable, and they're someone prone to getting excited when you talk shit to them. So Darren Till, you know, you take out some of the factors there that probably made it even worse for him leading in. You don't want to see someone as young as he is as well take multiple KOs. So, you know, if someone else does this to him, he could be in real trouble. Move up and wait. You know, focus your attention on training and that's it and not, you know, such an intense weight cut. Um, you know, as for Masvidal, fantastic. I'd like to see what happens next. Look, if he doesn't have to fight Leon and just gets the, you know, the the winner of, you know, for him, it would have to be Usman. I mean, if he's not going to fight Colby, I would imagine. But he also said he would fight his mom if she had the belt. So she better give it up. So maybe he would fight Colby. Uh, that would be crazy because these guys were really good friends. And, you know, they were roommates. And, you know, he called him his best friend at one point in that documentary from 2013. So, you know, very interesting storylines potentially coming from all of this. Um, but you got to give it up to uh, Jorge Masvidal for, you know, really being the star 
of the entire weekend and, you know, going through into this week. Um, but it leads into uh, an interesting another welterweight event that we do have coming up tomorrow. Anthony Showtime Pettis will make his welterweight debut against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So we mentioned Wonderboy. He fought both Masvidal and Till. Uh, fought Till in Liverpool. I brought that up at the beginning. I believe Wonderboy won that fight. Um, but he lost that fifth round, got knocked down. That was the most notable point of the fight. You know, it is what it is. He lost that fight. Now, what was very interesting was, after the fact, he came out and said he didn't like the fact that Till was kind of going after his knees on certain kicks, and he wanted those kicks to potentially be taken out. Uh, you know, basically saying he can he could get hurt. Look, this is a fight, man. You're, you're going to get hurt in a lot of different ways, uh, especially coming from someone who head kicks people. That's going to hurt twice as much as, as injuring someone's knee. Uh, so, you know, the, and the ramifications after the fact. Yeah, it could end careers if you injure his knee. It could end his life. If you, you get him in the right spot in the head. So, you know, that was just kind of a ridiculous comment to hear from Wonderboy. If I'm Anthony Pettis, I'm going after those legs. You know, just to bother him. Get him off his game. Get him thinking about something like that. But very interesting as well. Anthony Pettis going to move up. Um, you know, he has moved weight a few times now. This guy was showtime. No question about it when he was in his prime fighting at lightweight tried to go down to featherweight i think he even won his fight at featherweight i think he missed weight one of the times uh that was against uh max holloway i believe for the interim belt at the time but then you know he he won another fight at featherweight but it was just the weight cut was a lot didn't make a lot of sense went back to lightweight had some great fights um he surprised me in his fight with tony ferguson you know he looked fantastic he lost that fight um basically his his coach threw in the towel he had a broken hand i believe and you know he it was he was getting beat up at the end of that fight it was it was okay i mean i know some people don't like when the um you know coach does that for the fighter let him go out or make let him make the decision what have you Either way, I think it was the right call. He didn't need to take any more unnecessary damage for a fight. He didn't look like he was going to be able to win, especially having had a broken hand. So, you know, you like to hope that this is another positive step for him in his career. Uh, maybe he has, uh, you know, if there, whatever's left in his career is going to be at welterweight again. You know, not having to cut weight. Maybe he can put on some weight and still be able to fight in a different way, in a new way. So I'm very curious to see how this fight works out. Wonderboy, when you really look at it, look, he's 36 years old. Um, you know, doesn't take a ton of damage. You know, the way he fights, again, you have to be very hesitant with what he can do. He strikes at you the way he stands in his karate stance sideways, gets that uh, side kick to the body so efficiently. Uh, and keeps you at a distance because of it. So there's going to be a lot of work that Pettis has to do just to get inside. And when you get in there, he's got to do some real damage. Because we've seen guys get damage in there once they can close that distance. But that is, without a doubt, the toughest part. is trying to get in there uh, and actually connect on a guy who's known for karate uh, and kickboxing. So, again, coming from that background, that point karate style, you know, it's get in and get out. Get in and get out and keep them away from you. So that's always going to be the battle against Thompson, not getting drawn into his style you have to be patient uh, and you can't just run in at him but you got to get in there because we've seen people once they do they've gotten to him you know we watched Woodley drop him and really put a pounding on him uh, at, at various points the first time they fought and again Darren Till patient for four rounds gets the the knockdown in the fifth ultimately gets the victory I think that's what you have to look at for Pettis 
Look again, if I'm if I'm doing anything in this strategy, if I'm Anthony Pettis, I am certainly going after those knees. Uh, and again, not in any malicious way, but you know the oblique kicks that John Jones and Yoel Romero do are very similar. Yoel Romero fought for the uh, the uh, middleweight title against uh, Robert Whitaker. And that he injured Robert Whitaker's knee early in that fight. Whitaker still somehow went all the way through it and prevented takedowns and uh, and managed to win that fight and get that belt. Uh, and then they fought again, and you saw Whitaker going after Yoel's knees. And he goes, you like that? Let's try it this way. Look, it is what it is. This is part of the game, and Thompson's going to have to deal with that. So if, if we, he's already let the public know that something like that bothers him, if I'm Anthony Pettis, I know what I'm kicking first, and I'm going for those knees. And I want to disrupt what Thompson does because he has one of the most difficult styles for any fighter to have to deal with. So... I cannot wait. Um, that's going to be the main event at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. I imagine you'll get a big crowd out there for Stephen Thompson. He's from South Carolina. Um, you know, he's a good old Southern boy. So I think uh, they'll they'll enjoy him out there in Tennessee. Uh, also on this card, Curtis Blades versus Justin Willis. Nice heavyweight bout. It's going to be interesting to see Curtis Blades getting back into it. This is a nice four versus ten fight in the heavyweight division. Look, you never know what could happen up there. I expect Curtis Blades to get the job done, but again. You don't know. Uh, you know he's coming off of the loss, the second loss to to Francis Ngannou, the first time with the referee stoppage due to uh, you know uh, the injured eye. I uh, couldn't see. This time he got out, uh, he got knocked out clean, uh, or at least TKO'd. I think officially. Um, so Curtis Blades trying to bounce back against Justin Willis and prove he still belongs in that title picture. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I'd say the next most interesting fighter on the card, probably Macy Barber. And a lot of it, which is good for the women's division, the flyweight division needs um, you know, some new names as well. It's a lot of, of women that moved down from Bantamweight or moved up from straw weight so to have you know a flyweight coming here like macy barber that's unique and new and has talked a big game and how big she thinks she can be her name is the future um so you know it's going to be very interesting to see if she can go out there and get it done jj aldrich her opponent so again a lot of the press is going to be around macy barber early on that in this card and then you know you look at the heavyweight bout between curtis blades and justin willis and again Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Anthony Pettis. I think it'll be a great main event. I cannot wait. And look, we're just right about that half hour mark. We'll cut it short for you here. We'll end it for you right now. I hope you all can enjoy a nice three-piece in soda while you watch this fight. Uh, ESPN Plus, look, I, I love it. I am enjoying this. It's simple, guys. It's $5 a month, and you get all of this access to ESPN+. Plus. Um, there's plenty of stuff on there, too. I see a lot of MMA fans out there complaining, I won't pay for this, I won't pay for that. Don't pay for cable. I don't have cable, and I'm paying $5 a month for this ESPN Plus card. Uh, cable, most of the time, is trash anyway. So, look, throw that crap away. Watch fights uh, for $5 a month, and here's another great one we'll get. ESPN+, Plus, UFC Nashville, Thompson versus Pettis. I cannot wait. Um, you know what? Let's make a prediction. I would like to say that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is the better fighter. He's more accomplished, obviously, at welterweight. This is the first time we'll see Pettis uh, fight at welterweight. 
Um, so I'm going to go with Wonderboy Thompson. I think it's going to be difficult for Pettis to find a way in, but I told you what my strategy would be if I'm Anthony Pettis. We'll see what he does. But again, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson almost has you transfixed once you're in there with his stance, his style, everything else, and it almost makes you fight in a different way where people almost, you know, they say it's boring, but it's just because the guy's afraid to get in there and doesn't want to get head kicked. Look, there's plenty of guys you can go back and ask, uh, how did it feel to get head kicked by Wonderboy Thompson? Uh, and they probably couldn't tell you about remembering it because they were immediately KO. So, look, that'll be available because Wonderboy is phenomenal uh, at that style. I'm going to go with Wonderboy getting the win. But, look, if I'm Anthony Pettis, going for those legs, and we'll see what happens from there. So, all right, look, thanks for joining us. Uh, like, or for me, thanks for joining me uh, solo here on this extra pound. But uh, I'm sure after this event leading into, look, there's more coming here in March as well after this. Um, so, as we get through this, and then in April, Holloway and Poirier. So look, there's so many fights, so much to discuss. Tony and I will break it all down on the next episode of the Wayans. But for now, Joaquin Rivera stepping off the scale here for the extra pound. Hope you guys have a good weekend and enjoy those fights.